This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello. This is Jeremy Myers. Welcome to 2019. This is my first podcast episode of the new year. Hope your new year is going well so far. Have you ever heard that faith is a gift from God, which he gives to the minds and hearts of unbelievers so that they can believe the gospel and receive eternal life? If you've never heard that before, where do you think faith comes from? How is it that you believe? Well, I can't answer all of those questions in this podcast episode. We are going to address this one issue of whether or not faith is a gift from God. I'm going to present a couple of ideas on why people think faith is a gift from God. And then we're going to look at one of the key passages. This is the One Verse podcast, after all. One of the key texts from Scripture that people use to defend this idea, which is Ephesians 2.8. All right, and then I will be... uh, obviously presenting my view on what Paul means in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. Now, before we get that, uh, to that, I would like to talk to something, talk to you about something that's a little bit difficult for me to say, uh, because I, I am terrible at asking for help uh, or asking for donations, that sort of a thing. But I do want to let you know, you might not know this, but podcasting, writing, blogging is not my full-time job. What is your full-time job, Jeremy? Well, I work for the federal government here in the United States of America. And if you've been watching the news, you know what is going on in the federal government right now. We are in a government shutdown. And so uh, it gets very difficult. Um, I'm, I'm trusting that our government reopens eventually sometime in the future. But right now we're facing the longest government shutdown in, in uh, United States history. And so... Um, thankfully, I have had someone step forward. I'm not going to name who they are, and they are giving me an interest-free loan. So I'm very, very grateful to them, thankful to God for providing for myself and my family in that way. Uh, but they're not covering everything, and so I did want to make the offer here on the podcast. If you are able to help out um, in some way, I would be so grateful. So would my family. Um, I've already contacted creditors and mortgage companies and that's been a really frustrating process because all of them have said, too bad for you, we can't help you at all, can't delay your payments, nothing. Um, you, if you don't pay, you know, the most they could do is waive the late fee charges, but I would still be collecting interest and all of that. Anyway, if you're able to, to help out, that'd be great. There's two ways. One way would just join my discipleship group, all right? This helps me cover the cost. It helps cover the cost of blogging, podcasting. But also, we'll use that money to help support some of my bills. And then you get access to all of my online courses. You get free ebooks, access to our private Facebook group, all sorts of things at no additional charge. And so it's a win win for both of us. You, you support me and help me. And then hopefully, I'm able to help and support you in return uh, with some of the things I'm providing. If that's interesting to you, just go to redeeminggod.com slash join and you can sign up there. The other way is just to make a gift. If you don't want the discipleship group, Uh, Or maybe you're already in it and you still want to just help support myself and my family during the government shutdown. You can go to redeeminggod.com slash gift, G-I-F-T, and uh, make either a one-time or a recurring gift there to uh, help us out during this time. Anyway, uh, whatever you're able to do, even if you can pray something along the lines that the government reopens and we figure all this mess out, 
that would be, uh, all of it would be extremely helpful. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's get into this idea about faith being a gift from God. Uh, some teach, you've probably heard it maybe, that faith is a work of God performed in the heart or mind of a person, specifically unbelievers, so that they can then believe in Jesus for eternal life and receive the gospel. All right. So, um, you know, it's, again, the idea is that faith is a, is a gift of God to the heart of human beings before they can believe. And uh, those who hold this view say that God gives faith to those whom he has chosen for eternal life. Usually it's sort of a Reformed Calvinistic doctrine uh, related to the doctrine of election and predestination. So the idea is that God has predestined or elected some people to receive eternal life, and before they can believe in Jesus, receive that eternal life, uh, he gives them this gift of faith, Okay. Uh, I, uh, you probably know a little bit on my views on that, especially if you've read my book, The Rejustification of God, which is a look at Romans 9 but and the doctrine of election. But uh, there are three main reasons that I can tell that some people teach that faith is a gift of God. And the first is because of what Paul does write in Ephesians 2.1, that people are dead in their trespasses and sins. Right? Uh, he also writes over in Ephesians 4 and 2 Corinthians 3, the ideas that people have had their minds darkened or they've been blinded by the God of this age or something like that. And so therefore, the logic is because they're dead in their trespasses and sins, because their minds have been darkened, because their eyes have been blinded, this means that they cannot do anything good, including believe in Jesus for eternal life. All right, so those who hold this view teach that if a person is going to believe in Jesus for eternal life, you know, or, or even do anything good for God at all, then they can only do this, they can only believe in Jesus if God sovereignly gives them the gift of faith first. All right, and there's lots and lots of texts that are sometimes thrown out in an attempt to defend this idea. I'm not going to get into them all. Uh, one of the main ones is Ephesians 2.8.9, which we will be addressing in this podcast episode in just a bit. Uh, also, by the way, I address some of these in my book, my new book, What is Faith? But uh, anyway, the, uh, the entire line of thinking on this stems from the idea, though, that faith is a good work. All right. In other words, uh, the idea that faith is a gift depends on the idea that faith is a work, a good work, all right? The people say, well, we're dead in our trespasses and sins, therefore we can't do anything good or pleasing for God. I agree with that. Therefore, since faith is something we do, therefore we also cannot have faith. And that's where I disagree, okay? Uh, faith is not necessarily exactly something we do. It's not a good work. It's not meritorious. Scripture is very, very clear. Faith is not a good work. In fact, Scripture is very clear. Faith is not a work at all. It's not a work of God. It's not a work of humans. It is the opposite of works. That's what Paul says in Romans 4, 4, and 5. He 
He sets faith and works as opposites. You can either work or you can have faith, okay? But they're not the same thing. So therefore, faith does not earn, does not achieve, it does not gain good standing with God in any way, shape, or form. So this whole idea that we can't do anything good, therefore we can't have faith, it falls apart. Because while it's true we can't do anything good, faith isn't something good that we do. All right? Faith is not a good work, not a meritorious work. Therefore, faith doesn't need to be a gift from God. All right? Just think about it. Forget about believing in Jesus for eternal life for a minute. People believe all sorts of things. Two plus two equals four, right? Um, That I'm here teaching this podcast to you. Uh, That the sky is blue. That my coffee cup here is red. You can't see it if you're listening, but it is. It's red. Um, You know, and you don't need necessarily for God to come in and give you the gift of faith in order to believe those sorts of things. You just believe them based on the evidence presented to you. You might not have believed that 2 plus 2 equals 4 the first time you heard it, but when your kindergarten teacher showed you, you got two apples and two oranges, and you put them together and you count them up, it's 4. Okay, they're giving you, they're presenting you with evidence so that you come to believe this fact that 2 plus 2 equals 4. And you don't need God to give you a special gift of faith to believe that 2 plus 2 equals 4. It's the same way with the fact that Jesus gives eternal life to those who believe in him for it. All right? When you're presented with the evidence of that, you can believe it. And it's not a good work. It's the opposite of works. So therefore, faith is not a work, and it doesn't need, therefore, to be a gift from God, just like believing any other fact uh, that we can believe. Okay? So that's the first reason, and I sort of explained why you don't need that to be a reason for this idea that faith is a gift. All right. The second idea that some people, the reason that some people think faith is a gift of God is because of 1 Corinthians 12, 9, where Paul talks about the gift of faith. See, Jeremy, faith is a gift. First, uh, P- Paul says it is in 1 Corinthians 12, 9. Yes, well, <laughs> he's talking there about spiritual gifts, okay? So there is a spiritual gift of faith, but this is not the same thing as the so-called gift of faith that God gives to unbelievers before they can believe in Jesus for eternal life. All right, you need to keep the two separate. All right, look, there are spiritual gifts, lots of them, and uh, God gives these spiritual gifts to believers so that they can better live as the body of Christ. But this is not the same thing as God giving a gift of faith to unbelievers so that they can receive eternal life. Think about it this way. Paul says that not all have the same gifts, right? And yet, every believer must believe in Jesus in order to receive eternal life. So if everybody gets, if the gift of faith and the spiritual gift of faith are the same thing, then every believer would have the spiritual gift of faith that Paul is talking about. But he says not all have the same gifts. So therefore, the whole logic starts to fall apart there as well. All right? So the spiritual gift of faith is to believers only after they've become a Christian, after they've received eternal life, whereas this whole gift of faith idea that some people teach about, um, that's not taught in Scripture at all. I I write more about the gift. You might say, well, what is the gift of faith then? The the spiritual gift of faith. And I I do write more about that in my book uh, on spiritual gifts. What are the spiritual gifts? 
It's available on Amazon as well, and there's also, I have an online course about it at redeeminggod.com. But basically, what I teach in the course and in the book is that the gift of faith is when a person, a believer, a Christian, is firmly persuaded of God's power and promises, and they use that persuasion to accomplish his will and and, uh, purposes, uh, and, and they do so with such confidence that uh, you know obstacles and problems do not shake their conviction. You might know some people who are like that. Nothing seems to set them back or phase them. They just believe, and they just move forward, and you're like, wow, how can you believe God's going to provide? I just know he will. Not all of us are like that. Those who have the gift of faith lead us uh, by believing and trusting God in that way, okay? Uh, they, they know what they believe. They know why they believe it, and they are able to inspire others to follow them based on their beliefs. Those with the gift of faith are often called upon to encourage others of us who maybe don't have as much faith to step out and follow God to accomplish nearly impossible tasks. Okay, so the gift of faith, it does exist, the spiritual gift of faith, but it's given to some Christians, not all, for the edification and encouragement of other people. And that is not the same thing as God giving the gift of faith to all believers so that they can believe in Jesus for eternal life. Okay, It's two very different concepts in Scripture, and we need to make sure we keep those concepts separate. Okay, uh, third and final reason that some people believe that God gives the gift of faith to certain people so that they can believe is because they think Scripture teaches this. And Ephesians 2.8 is one of the primary verses that people point to as evidence that faith is a gift from God. The verse says this. It's obviously in the context of Paul writing about salvation. And he Paul writes, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Right? And so some people see that phrase, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And in English, when we use pronouns like the word that or the word it, in English, those pronouns typically refer back to the nearest antecedent, the nearest uh, noun, all right, in the sentence. I ate an apple and it was good. So the word it refers back to the nearest noun, which is the word apple, right? She ran fast and she ran the race. She refers back to the, the, the <laughs> we could say April ran fast and she ran the race. So the word she, the pronoun she refers back to April, the noun, the, 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 the proper name of the girl. Okay. Anyway, so they read, by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And they say, well, in English, the words pronoun that and it should refer back to the noun faith. Okay? And so people use this verse as evidence for the idea that faith is a gift from God. Now, there's numerous problems with that approach. The main one, though, is that the Greek does not allow for faith to be the ant- the um the, the noun that the pronouns are referring to, okay? And so let me just give you a quick quick rundown on how Greek works. Really, really basic. Greek words, a little bit like English, but really more so in Greek, they have gender. And there's three. There's masculine, feminine, and neuter, or neither, okay? And uh, 
words. And all, all, all words have that, all nouns especially. So when relative pronouns, okay, like the word that or it, okay, when they are used to refer back to a noun, they will always, always, always agree with the noun and the gender of that noun. Also number and case, but we'll leave that aside for now, okay? So in Greek, the word faith is feminine. It is a feminine word, a feminine noun, okay? So if Paul was, when he's talking about, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. By the word, the word it isn't in the Greek either. So it's just the word that we're looking at in the Greek. The word that, guess what? If Paul was saying, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. If he was referring to faith, then the word that should be feminine. But guess what? It's not feminine. It's neuter. So it is impossible for Paul to be thinking of faith when he wrote, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Faith is feminine. The word that is neuter. Therefore, Greek grammar rules say it is impossible for the word that to be referring to faith. Okay? So, question then is, well, what does the word that refer to? if not to faith. Ah, well, again, it gets a little tricky here. This is where some of the debate comes from, because the word that is neuter, right? But guess what? There's no clear neuter noun in the immediate context. And so people scratch their heads and say, well, the the relative pronoun must agree with its antecedent and gender, number, and case, but there's not a good word for it to be pointing back to. We have masculine nouns. We have feminine nouns. All right, but no good neuter noun. So what is Paul referring to here, if not to faith? And I could give you all the reasons for it, but let me just boil it down and summarize it for you. The answer, the widely agreed upon answer here, is that Paul is basically referring to the entire salvation package that he's written about in Ephesians 2, one through seven. Okay, all of that, everything that he's been talking about in these verses, which includes both feminine and masculine nouns and all these other descriptive things and everything that God has done because we were in sin. Okay, we were in sin, dead trespasses, sin and uh, trespasses, you know, but God, Ephesians 2, uh, uh, verse 4. But God, okay, he stepped in and he sent Jesus and this is what he did for us and this is why, okay? All of that is the, uh, what Paul is referring to when he says, and that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not the faith, okay? It's not the grace. It's the whole package, salvation package that Paul has been referring to. And in fact, which Paul even goes on to describe further, Uh, the results of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ and how this is going to create unity uh, because of the sacrifice of Jesus and what Jesus revealed through his crucifixion on the cross, okay? And how now we can, the, the, the walls of hostility have fallen down and we can live in peace and unity with one another. This is what God has always desired, okay? I have sermons on Ephesians chapter two on my website. Just go to redeeminggod.com. Up at the top there, look at sermons. You'll go find the ones on Ephesians. And I have explanations for, for Ephesians chapter two if you want to read about all of this there. The bottom line is this. Everything Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter 2 is the gift that God has given to us. The gift is not faith. 
But everything else that God has done and taught and provided through Jesus Christ. And when we accept it by faith, when we believe in what God has revealed and what Jesus has done for us, it is then that we experience the benefits of it. Okay? So, this third idea that Scripture tells us, Ephesians 2.8 tells us that faith is the gift from God, that also is debunked. It doesn't fit with Greek grammar, and um, all the rules of Greek grammar do not allow for faith to be the gift of God, not taught by Ephesians 2.8 anyway, okay? The gift of God is his revelation to humanity, all right? And the salvation which comes to us by his grace. By the way, if you've listened to me for a long time, you might know that I, I do not equate salvation with eternal life either. And Ephesians 2 is not teaching about that either. Whole nother topic for discussion another time. I am using the word salvation here because Paul does in the context, but he's not talking about eternal life. Again, future study, or actually I've talked about that in the past, so that's past studies as well, but but it'll come up in future podcast episodes as well. But here's the thing. Uh, When we see and understand and believe, have faith, that what God has done for us and revealed to us through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and even his exaltation to glory, the right hand of God, it is then, when we believe that, it is then that the peace of God starts to become a reality in our life here and now. And that's what Paul talks about in verses 11 through 22 of Ephesians chapter 2. Okay, It is then, when we believe this, that those of us who were, when we were formerly at enmity with each other, were now fitted to grow together into the holy temple in the Lord. It's verse 21 and 22, a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. This is the mystery of the church, which Paul then goes on to talk about in Ephesians 3 and 4. Okay, all of this, this whole thing, you could almost say all of Ephesians, every truth that Paul talks about in Ephesians, the whole book, the whole letter, all of that is the gift of God to us, this revelation of God, about the mystery of the church through Jesus Christ. Okay, and when we receive it by faith, we begin to experience that new reality here and now, in this life, on this earth. Okay? So, faith is not the gift of God. All right? What this means is that every person is able to believe in Jesus for eternal life. You can believe in Jesus. Your neighbor can believe in Jesus. A person in the Middle East or China can believe in Jesus. A child, as long as they can understand what you're saying, can believe in Jesus. Just as any person can believe that 2 plus 2 equals 4, or that gravity is a force of nature, you know, when they are presented by the evidence, showing the truth of what they are taught, they believe it. So also, when a person is presented with the truth of eternal life and how it is received by faith in Jesus, Well, they're able to believe, and they don't need some sort of special divine impartation, sovereign gift of God into their heart, right? So they can be regenerated before they can believe. All that weird stuff you sometimes hear. It's very simple, and it's easy. Believe in Jesus for eternal life. Once you've done that, it's yours. And remember, it doesn't mean you've earned your eternal life, worked for your eternal life. Faith is not a work. And so when you believe in Jesus, you have not worked for your eternal life. Instead, you are accepting the free gift of eternal life because of what God has done for you. He's done it all, and we just receive it by faith. A person who believes in Jesus is not doing anything meritorious for their their eternal life. It's simply accepting the free gift. So have you believed in Jesus? 
I have. I sure hope you have. (laughs) If not, what is holding you back? You don't need to wait for the gift of faith to come to you. Just believe. Just believe. I do talk a lot more about this in my new book, What is Faith? If you're curious, you can learn more. Answers a lot of other questions related to faith as well. But hey, I would also invite you. Um, look, join if you want to help out during this government shutdown and I'm trying to provide for my family, uh, my wife and three daughters, it is a trying time. Please pray for us. Call your senators, whatever, congressmen. I don't really care how politically active you want to get on this. But if you do want to support the work I'm doing and uh, providing for my bills, hey, you know what? Even if you want it to be a loan, that's fine. Eventually, I will get paid. And if you would like to give me a loan, and uh, I, I would, you know, send me an email and we can work that out as well. Once I get paid, I will more than happily repay you. But if you also just want to join my discipleship group so you can get access to the courses and books and private Facebook group, that'd be fine. Just go to redeeminggod.com slash join. And if you do want to give a gift, I hate asking for money. I hate asking for help that way. But if that's something God's laying on your heart and you want to do that, I will accept that as well. <laughs> uh, and you can do that at redeeminggod.com gift. Okay. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Next week, I will be back and we will be talking about what it means to have faith like a child. All right. Lots of people misuse and abuse that concept. I will be presenting you with something completely different. All right, see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye.